You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 24. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week's song is Born for This, sung by Mandisa, and it comes from a compilation CD called The Story. And this project contains 18 songs and features 25 amazing amazing artists bringing these songs to life. And the whole project fits so squarely uh, into what I do here on More Than, Than a Song. And so if you're a faithful listener, you can probably just go ahead and buy the whole CD because I really do plan to review future songs. Because even though some of them have never been released on the radio, which is also something that I try to do, this whole project is just really exciting to me. Uh, it really lines up with my heart, which is to get you to into God's word through the music that you're listening to. And uh, Max Lucado and Randy Frazee took 31 stories from the Bible and wove them seamlessly into one book, and it's titled The Story. Now, the stories come straight from the Bible in the NIV version and are woven together with just a few connecting paragraphs uh, to weave together God's story in chronological order. And then the songs on this CD accompany many of those stories in God's Word. And this particular song reflects the story that you read in the book of Esther. And I really love what the project songwriter, Nicole Nordeman, who actually wrote the songs, says about this. And it, she says, stories that we haven't told or read for a long time are still relevant and they don't need to be relegated to Sunday school or watered down for a kid and they don't need to be polished and tidied up and wrapped in a bow. Some of these stories are hard, but that's what happened to God's people and that's the path they walked. I hope that this encourages people to get back in the word and dig a little deeper to see what God has waiting for them and how it can help uh, write their story. My sentiments exactly. So before we get into this song, I really want to go over uh, just briefly the Esther's story. I want you to spend some time in Esther this week. Uh, the more you read, the more meaningful it will be to you. And then you can use the song to then help you meditate on the scripture you're reading. Now, the song is not a substitute. This is just one writer's revelation from the story. And my question to you while you're reading is, what is God's revelation to you? But again, before we get into the song, Esther is an orphan, and she is a Jew in captivity living in the capital city um, where the king lives. And the king has dethroned the queen, and now he's on a countrywide search for a new queen. And Esther is a beautiful young woman who gets caught up in this beauty contest. And then upon arrival at the palace, she finds favor with the man in charge of the girls uh, that are all brought in for this beauty contest. And she actually gets special treatments to increase her chance of favor 
before the king. And it must have worked because when the king sees her, he chooses her as the next queen. Now, Esther's cousin, his name is Mordecai, but really is like a father figure to her, um, has actually adopted her as his own daughter. And he is a central figure in the story as well. And at one point in the story, he kind of ticks off the king's right-hand man, who obviously has some issues. And uh, the king's right-hand man with issues, his advisors convince him not, not just to take his anger out and frustration out on Mordecai, but they actually convince him to take it out on the entire Jewish race And so then he uses his influence with the king to issue a decree that on a certain date in the future, all of the Jews in the king's vast kingdom will be eradicated. Now, upon the issue of this decree, Mordecai gets word to Esther, who is the queen, that she needs to approach the king, reveal her nationality, and also reveal the plot against the Jews and ask for deliverance from this decree. The thing is, in these days, in this time, you you can't approach the king without being summoned into his presence. And it had been a month since the king had requested Esther in his presence. And this is when Mordecai's famous words are spoken. And you may be familiar with this verse. He says, yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And this is the point in the story where the song picks up. Scripture tells us that Esther responds to this request from Mordecai to go approach the king. She she responds with such wisdom. Now she asks Mordecai to gather all of the Jews who live in the city and ask them to fast for her for three days. And then she and her maids do the same. And this is her response in verse 16. In the end, she says, okay, I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Now, I know that she is uh, fasting to seek wisdom from God and to develop a game plan. And what's interesting is Esther didn't just say, okay, good idea, Mordecai, and go skipping in to meet the king. And, And I love how this song is like Esther kind of playing her life through her mind when it says, it feels like I've been holding my breath, trying to still my restless heart. You can only imagine what she was going through, these feelings that she was going through. Everything hangs on my next step, finding my nerve and playing my part. So she took, um, the song of course just kind of gives you the idea that she's taking these words of Mordecai seriously, that perhaps this really is her moment. This is what she's been born for. I found shelter underneath his crown found favor inside his eyes 
And I think the, the, the lyrics are really talking about not the king that she's married to, but the king of kings and the Lord of lords, that she has found shelter and favor in the eyes of her heavenly father. And then rock this boat and I just might drown. Honesty seems to come with a price. And this is a pretty probable, probable response. I mean, what, what would you do? You know, even though she's Jewish, she spent a year in beauty treatments before being presented to the king to see if she would be chosen as the queen. She lives in a palace. She has maids. I mean, this kind of sounds like a pretty sweet gig. And when Esther pointed out to Mordecai that she could be killed for approaching the king without permission, what was Mordecai's response? Well, he says, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Now, in chapter 2, verse 10, when Esther was actually first chosen for this kind of, I'm, I'm calling it the beauty contest, Mordecai instructed her to keep her nationality to herself. And so she never revealed the fact that she was a Jew and she also never revealed um, her family. She never revealed that she was related to Mordecai. And now he is telling her is the time to go ahead and do this. So I know I would be pretty confused. I would be talking to myself a little. Um, you could probably write some lyrics to a song for me. Uh, just at least we can see that through her upbringing, she needed to fast and pray to God, not just rely on human wisdom. So this is obviously something that was familiar to her, a go-to she understood that this is what she should do. And so my question to you is, is God calling you to step out? You know, possibly alone and at great risk. I mean, here's Esther. And even though Mordecai is by her side and he's going to gather the Jews and they're going to fast and pray for her, he's not walking in with her to the king's presence at, um, at the risk of his life. He's asking her to do it. And not because he doesn't care for her. He cares greatly for her. Um, but because that she has that opportunity. She has that position of influence or potential influence. Now, Esther did not take this call lightly. But what's interesting is that everyone kind of has an instinct for self-preservation. And that instinct did not override her willingness to sacrifice even her own life for a chance at saving her people. And so she really is a, a great role model for us. And another idea that we can take, not just, again, stepping out possibly alone and at great risk. Another thing that we can take her lead on is to rely on the wisdom of a godly mentor in our lives. There are some clues as to the heritage of Esther in chapter 2, where it says that Mordecai was the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. It also says that Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives that had been captured with Jehoiakim, king of Judah, when Nebuchadnezzar carried them away. And it says that Esther raised, uh, I'm sorry, Mordecai raised Esther, and her Hebrew name was Hadassah. As his own daughter, I mentioned that, that he was really her cousin, 
uh, but he took her in as his own daughter. And scripture says um, his uncle's daughter. So again, she was his cousin, but he took her in as his own daughter. So Mordecai and Esther being first cousins, their great grandfather had been brought into captivity during the reign of Nebuchadnezzar. So in the song and the end in the story, when Esther is leaning on the ones before her, her father's father's dreams, her father's father's dream would be to, to be free again and to be in the promised land the way that God intended it because his father was the one that was carried away into captivity. And throughout this book, it really supports the lyrics that um, Nicole Nordeman chose to write into the song that she really did stand on the top of their shoulders and then called on God, who is her deliverer. And again, she didn't just skip into the king to see if he would hear her request or kill her. She sought God and then asked others to join her in seeking God. And as you read the story, I really want you to focus in on the obvious great respect that, that Esther had for Mordecai. It's, again, it specifically says that he took her as his own daughter. And this really indicates a love and an affection for her. And he gives advice that she takes about not revealing her heritage. And the next verse says that he paced in front of the court of the women's quarters to check up on her. He stayed engaged and he stayed influential in her life. But Esther learned, she learned from this mentor-mentee relationship. Remember I mentioned that there was a guy in charge of the women that took a liking to her and offered her special treatment. And when it was her turn to go into the king, scripture says that she could have taken anything with her that she desired, but she took only what that custodian um, of the women advised her. So she was open to wisdom, not just anyone's advice, but true wisdom. Uh, and so because she had had this uh, example of a mentor in her life, this father, Mordecai, this father figure to her, and then she found another wise mentor in her life in, in, in the palace courts and followed uh, their leading and guiding and suggestions. And again, when the real test came, she sought the wisdom that can only come from God. So even though she had wise mentors giving her advice and words, when it came down to a game plan, she sought God. So I really want you to examine your life right now. Who are you seeking godly counsel from? I'm hoping that some names pop into your head, but if there isn't anyone, you need to consider who you could reach out to that you could seek godly wisdom from. And it doesn't need to be many. It, it probably just needs to be one or two or a few that you could surround yourself. And then are you coupling that godly counsel with fervently seeking God himself? Um, are you fasting and praying about big decisions? And are you enlisting others to do the same for you on your behalf? Sometimes we're okay with fasting and praying on our own, but we really have missed that, that part of gathering others to do the same on our behalf. I'm telling you, this story is so full of application. It's really not difficult to mine. I mean, you're going to read this story and then, and God can, it's a, it's a simple story. It's, it reads like a novel. And so if you just spend some time in Esther this week, I know that God will reveal something to you that's very, very applicable to a situation in your life this week. There's just so much to mine. Uh, mentor relationships, uh, leadership, the idea of timing, uh, 
all of that stuff. But I love where the lyrics of this song finally take us, which is to that moment of decision. There's a time to hold your tongue, time to keep your head down. There's a time, but it's not now. Sometimes you gotta go. So after three days, Esther puts on her royal robes and heads into the inner court to see the king. Uh, can, Can you even imagine what is going through her head right now? How heavy are her feet as she steps one step, two steps, three steps closer to either true life or death? I mean, it's truly a life or death situation that she's walking into. Are Mordecai's words ringing in her ears? where he says, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. My pastor's wife, Heidi Reisner, did a Bible study at our church last year on Esther that is outstanding. In fact, I will link to it in the show notes. It's worth investing in. Um, it, it was really, really good. And But she's ruined it for me. I can't ever read this story or even consider the book of Esther without thinking of her presentation on this question from Mordecai and most authors and speakers that I've read really focus in on the idea of for such a time as this. And really that's what this song is pointing to. You were born for this, right? Well, not Heidi. She's got this sweet, amazing Texas accent. And she um, says, who knows, who knows that's what you have for me. Who knows that's, You don't have a, thus saith the Lord. I mean, what happened to God told me this and this is what you should do, but you've got who knows that's what you, that's what you're going to, that's what you're going to bring me is who knows. I just love it. So I, I never, I never read it that way before. And now I can never really read it any other way. So as she takes heavy step after heavy step, is she thinking for such a time as this, or is she thinking, who knows really? Uh, Of course, we don't know that part, uh, but we can read the rest of the book to see that she does end up finding favor in the sight of the king. And not only does he not sentence her to death, but he says she can have anything she asks for. And when you read the rest of the story, you see that God gave her an ingenious plan. And even in her approach, she didn't rush in like a bull in a china cabinet. She methodically, with grace and wisdom and timing executed a plan that must have come from God because you can see his hand working in the background of this story as well. I, I don't, I don't want to give it away because I really want you to read it. But if, if, um, it, if she did not take her time and execute the plan perfectly, She really would have rushed what God wanted to do, and it may have ended differently. And that's all I'm going to say. It's kind of like a movie where you don't want to ruin it for you. So I really want you to go and read Esther and really um, focus in on that idea of timing 
and really look at the the timing of when she approached approached the king, what happened between that and her actual execution of the plan, all of that. You'll see what I'm talking about when you read it. Now, I love the lyric that says, you got to ask if you want an answer. And I learned a long time ago that if you don't ask, you don't get. And I have used this principle in my life. It's affected the path of my career. It's brought success to many efforts on my part. You can see it play out clearly here. Esther sought God's wisdom But ultimately, she was part of his plan to save the Jews. She didn't just pray that God would intervene. She allowed herself to be part of the plan. So she didn't just go and fast and ask God to please intervene in this situation. She was willing to put herself out there and walk into the inner court and ask herself, of course, based on the advice of a trusted mentor, And based on the, obviously, the revelation that was given to her by uh, fasting and praying and engaging others to do the same. Now, this, this might be a challenge to you today. Perhaps there's something that you need to step out and ask for. And I think we would be wise to follow that model. You know, she considered the needs of her people. So she considered the needs of others. The opportunity before her because of her position Um, Then she aligned this move with, again, the suggestion of a valued mentor. She balanced it on time in the palace. She had already earned favor and influence with the king. This wasn't her first day as queen. This was over time. Um, She had relationship with him, and she ultimately had to muster the courage. So if you have all of these things in line, along with God's leading, then you need to move. So what's next? Well, I've already mentioned it. Dive into Esther this week. Read it all the way through. It reads like a novel. Consider getting a copy of the story. I'll go ahead and link to it in the show notes. You can just click on it and get a copy of the story, the the actual book. I, I bought it this week. It was $7 or $8 on, on a Kindle version. It strips away all the chapter numbers and verses. And I really think that really assists us in reading God's word like the story that it's intended to be. Again, I'll go ahead and link to it in the show notes for you. While you're reading, I want you to ask yourself, what is the big story God is revealing about himself through this story? After all, the Bible is all about God. You, you do realize that, right? The Bible is a revelation of God to us. It's, it is a gift to us, but uh, it's not about us. It's about him. Um, interestingly enough, as a side note, the name of God is never mentioned in the book of Esther. I thought that was interesting, but you can see him all in it. Then I want you to consider the context of the story. Now, Esther is only 10 chapters. There's just no reason to split this story up. But the context in this case is what's going on in history at the time of this story. So go ahead. If you have a study Bible, pull it out and read the introduction to Esther to get a sense of what's going on in history 
at that time. And if you don't have a study Bible, I'm going to link to a free online resource for you that will kind of give you some introductory background for you as well. Then, uh, so after you've considered the big story, what is this teaching me about God, considering the context of what's really happening, then I want you to consider the overall meaning of the story. What's the meaning? Then ask how it should change you. So many times we approach the scripture just wanting it to wanting it to speak to us before we really understand it. And so when you're considering how it should change you, you've got to start with God. You must start there. So what does this story teach us about God? And then how does what we've learned about God change my view of myself? And then what should I do in response? I'm going to go ahead and put those questions in the show notes as well. So that as you're reading Esther, maybe you can use those as journaling prompts this week to really begin to meditate on Esther. I think when you've read it through several times, maybe even in different um, translations, and then couple that with this song, um, it's going to be a wonderful week in God's word for you. And I can't wait to hear about it. So hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or on Facebook and uh, connect with me there. Let's talk about what you're learning. You can, or you can leave a comment in this week's show notes. That's at michellenizat.com forward slash 24. Now, just a few quick announcements before we leave today. I have mentioned this for a few weeks now, but I want to be sure to include your thoughts as I develop some new Bible study resources. So head over to michellenizat.com, subscribe to my email list, because um, also those on my email list will not only have the opportunity to help me develop just the right tools, but will have free access to the new tools when they're released. I promise I won't share your information with anyone else. I'm not going to bombard you with email. Uh, I am just going to send a quick survey to get those thoughts from you in probably this week or next. But also, if you subscribe to my email list, I develop free memory verse resources, and I don't want you to miss out on those either. So uh, head on over to michellenizat.com. And I really appreciate your reviews on iTunes. And not only is this an encouragement to me, it is a testimony to others. And it helps keep my podcast visible. So if you haven't taken the time, would you be willing to log on to iTunes and uh, review the podcast for me? And one way to get there is to go to michellenizat.com forward slash review, and it'll take you right to the page that you need to uh, launch iTunes. Click on the word ratings and reviews, and then write a review there. I would really appreciate it. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on You Won't Let Go by Michael W. Smith. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. Just with one click, you can share it on Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellenizat.com forward slash 24. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Just click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.